Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm very excited to have our guest here today. Diane Costo is the founder of Symmetry neuropathway training, and she is a mom on a mission. So like me, us driven moms, you know, gotta watch out for us because, you know, we're we're superpower. We, we have like a lot of wonderful things about us just because we're a mom, but put us on a mission and then watch out. Here we come. So welcome, welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast, Diane. Hey, Celia. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So Diane, if you would tell our audience, number one, how they can find you. Number two, how you got on this mission that you're on. Sure, sure. They can find us through symmetryneuropt.com. That's neuro, P is in pathway, T is in training.com or call our 800 number one eight four four brain on and we'll chat with you. Um, and so I got into this field of neurofeedback to save my son, basically. Uh, he was impulsive off the charts and got kicked out of many different school environments and programs from the time he was about age five until he ended up in a school for troubled teens when he was 12, going on 13. Um, and through that whole drama, there's a lot to it. Uh, that's the condensed version. Um, <laughs> I finally found neurofeedback and it really saved him and set me on my mission. So can you tell us a little bit about what neurofeedback is? Yes. I like to really keep neurofeedback simple. A lot of people are intimidated by it because it's brain related and, you know, it seems so intimidating, but it's not. It's really technology driven learning for the brain. So we're able to measure brainwave activity and the communications in the brain using a brain map or even a sensor just on the scalp to measure brainwave activity. And we can identify what areas of the brain are functioning well and communicating well and which areas are not. And then based on that information and some other intakes, um, we can actually teach the brain through a series of sessions how to produce healthier patterns. And the whole goal of neurofeedback is to help the brain better regulate. So that's the goal. As you, in The way the sessions look to actually teach the brain these new patterns is a person has a couple sensors on their scalp measuring the brainwave activity again. That's going through a specialized amplifier and the software detects when the brain meets the pattern we want to encourage. And when that happens, they can see the movie that they're watching a little bit brighter and louder, or they hear it better. It might be a little bit louder. And then it goes dimmer and softer and quieter when the brain is not producing a healthy pattern. So our brain naturally wants to hear things and see things better. So it's going to learn what it has to do in order to see that video better. 
So it's very passive learning using technology. Does that make sense? Sounds, yes. And it sounds amazing. How did you find it? How did you first discover this for your son? So, as I said, we went through many, many years of different programs and him getting kicked out of every different school environment, um, private school, homeschool, boarding school, homeschool again, military academy, all of that. He was kind of the end of his rope. And I knew something was up because he was more extreme than usual. You know, there's a typical ADHD kid and ODD and whatever. But And I started thinking no matter where I'm putting him, I keep I kept thinking he would I'd find an environment that would work better for him. But really, there was something in him and in his brain. And right when we were at the end of the line, that therapeutic program didn't know what to do for him because he was too impulsive to send to wilderness therapy and we were out of options. Someone introduced me to the founder of a neurofeedback um, company down here in South Carolina. And he was about a year into the business trying to make it easier for chiropractors to incorporate it into their practices. And so he said, that's the kind of kid we can help. And I went through the training. He literally lent me a $22,000 system. And I drove from South Carolina to nowhere, Utah, and set it up in that school where my son was. And that's how I found it. You know, divine intervention, whatever you yeah. want to call it. <laughs> it was the universe a coming together to make things happen. However, yeah, you know, yes, that was it. And so, so fortunate. Yeah, I, I, it was a miracle. And I went there and started running sessions on him. And I shared with the parents what I was doing. And they were all for it. You know, it's non-invasive. They were spending more money than they had, like I was, going into debt. They didn't like the medications they tried. You know, they, they were scared for their kids. And so I started running sessions from morning till night, like six days a week and half a day on Sunday on these students and some of the staff. And I was blown away that... 100% of them re responded in some positive way. Wow. Like they might be sleeping a little bit better. Some of them started to reduce medications. We saw focus and attention improving, you know, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Why didn't anybody mention this? Yeah. <laughs> For all of those years, all of the trauma that we went through, the disruptions in the family, the pain that my son, you know, was going through being labeled and, and kicked out all of the time. Um, yeah, it's so that I was just lit up um, and mad, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is working. This is great. But why didn't anybody mention it? What can I do to get the word out there? You know, so let's talk about what this isn't, Okay. because I know when I first met you and we first talked about this, you think about, OK, so what exactly is this? But I want to talk about what it's not. It's not electric shock therapy. Correct. That people think it is not um, it is not brainwashing in any way. Correct. So yeah. it it people think it is not um, hypnosis. These are right. not what this is. <clears throat> and that's why I'm so excited to hear about it, because I didn't know about it either. And I'd be willing to bet a lot of people haven't until we put this podcast out and whoever listens to it hears about it, and then hopefully you guys share it out to someone you know that it can help. Yeah. So now, is there anything else that people think it is that it's not? Yeah, those are some really important ones um, with the electroshock that something goes into you. And there, you have to understand, though, there are different neurofeedback styles out there and approaches. And there are some, they're trying a low-level magnetic stim through the brain. So they're definitely doing research on that 
TMS is one of those, transmagnetic stim. And so you've got to pay attention to, as you're researching this, which type a, a provider is using. Um, I've had so much success with the totally non-invasive techniques that we use that I don't go anywhere near the other ones, but some people are having success with that. So the, the version we use, definitely non-invasive. Um, yeah, hypnosis is a totally different thing. And meditation, some people mention, is it you know, meditation? And there are ways to use neurofeedback to help guide your meditation into a deeper state by letting you know what your brain is actually doing. It's uh, It will surprise some people that have been practicing for a long time meditating um, if we actually measure their brain waves, showing them what state they're really in. So you can use it as a tool for that, but it's totally different approach because there's no try or um, struggle or, you know, you can't sit there and, and decide, oh, I'm going to produce um, 12 to 15 Hertz frequency over here on my left side and reduce 15 to 20 over on the right. You can't feel that, but that's what's happening in the brain. Um, I mean, they trained cats in the sixties, how to produce a specific brainwave at will by giving them a little bit of milk and broth every time they produce more of it. So, you know, it, if cats can do it, we can, but it's even more complicated. <laughs> right. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now that we mentioned what it isn't, what is it? And I know you said you basically get electrodes on your head. And did you do they watch a movie? You mentioned a movie. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to go back to one other thing that it is not. It is not a quick okay. fix or magic pill. <laughs> yeah. Either. Right. It takes time for the brain to change and to learn the new patterns. Um, but you're right there. I like to call them sensors. Some people call them electrodes, but that seems scary because we're just sensing, we're measuring the brainwave activity. So a couple sensors on the scalp, they are watching a screen. You can stream with our software, anything online, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, and the software puts an overlay over top of it to create that fading um, aspect that's giving the feedback. So the neuro is measuring the brainwaves. The feedback is what they're watching or listening to. And then think about it like, when you learn to ride a bike or write with a pencil, you practice, practice, practice repeatedly. And pretty soon there are pathways in there in your brain. You don't have to think about what you're doing. That's what's gonna happen when you repeatedly watch that fading on the screen and your brain is learning to produce those healthy patterns over and over. It's creating new pathways in the brain and the synapses. So there, there's um, definitely physical changes in the gray and white matter of the brain after 20 sessions of neurofeedback. And is this done in your office? Is it done at home? Where do people have this done? Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of offices and I've been closing them down gradually because we have a really user-friendly software app that we can send out to people's homes and they can do neurofeedback at home with our coaches. We're checking in with them on a regular basis. We're getting in there in the background, behind the scenes, looking at their session graphs and making sure everything's on track and monitoring it. So that's how simple the technology has become wow. that we can send it anywhere. But I also train providers. So we do have people that provide it in offices, clinics, therapeutic programs. We have a public school in Wyoming, um, any environment, where it's needed. And to me, it's needed anywhere there are people, right? right? Because we could all stand to better regulate our brains, right? Absolutely. And and so next question, who does this help? Like it helped your son. In what way did it help your son? And who else can get help from this? Yeah, he's definitely my poster child because he was so extreme um, with the impulsivity. So there was, he had 
no pause before reacting. He just reacted to his environment and, and that caused havoc, you know? So it gave him that pause before reacting so that I knew his decisions were then his. He was not the perfect kid after that. We, we went through more teenage years. And none of years. us are. Right. Yeah. We definitely went through more teenage years and rebellion and all of that. But now he's one of the most disciplined people I know because he was able to apply all of the things that he learned all of that time. Finally, once we better regulated his brain. So um, other people, you know, better sleep is one of the first things we watch for, because when the brain is dysregulated, we don't sleep well. And we don't get into that restorative state that we need. Even kids, you think they look like they're sleeping. But if it's not a proper deep sleep pattern, they're not growing and healing the way they need to and being able to manage their emotions during the day. So um, sleep is very huge. And I would say more than anything else, we're seeing patterns of anxiety in the brain maps like never before. Even people that come in for attention and focus issues, memory issues, uh, we're seeing the brain has patterns of being hypervigilant and and anxiety. And that can definitely improve when you better regulate the brain. This is just fascinating. And we'll try not to make this a three-hour podcast. But (laughs) um, (laughs) so what is the age group for like, is anybody too young? Is anybody too, oh, I'm guessing you're not too old, but not is too there, old. is, can you be too young? The databases start at age five and up, but I've actually had a mom, you know, reach out to me with kids that are younger than that, knowing that, you know, the research isn't there, but they were out of options as well with a traumatic brain injury um, baby. And, and we really had some great success. So as long as we lay out the expectations and everything, the one thing is they need to leave the sensors on their scalp. So if they're going to pull the sensors off, then we have to work up to a way to keep them from doing that. Um, But any brain can learn at any age. You're right. And even traumatic brain injury responds um, in ways that we were shocked. That's awesome. That is awesome. And, And I, and I want to say, being the toddler whisperer that I am, the baby whisperer, whatever people call me, I love my toddlers. Keep in mind, too, and this is a common confusion of parents of toddlers, they always think that they have ADD, they have ADHD, they have some kind of cognitive issue because they're very active, they're very curious, and they're always distracted. That is the definition of a toddler. So your toddler does not have some cognitive issue because they're super active, super distracted and always curious. Yeah, that sounds healthy to me. Right. That is a healthy toddler. Put put yourself in a child's point of view who's only been on this planet a couple of years. Know that everything they see is new. Know that they have underdeveloped brains and they don't know hardly anything. They have to learn it. And that's what creates that child being that way. Please don't like immediately label them. Right. But this is a resource that you can use when you're like you were, Diane. You were, you know, at the end of your poor son had struggled to the max. You know, he right. there was no options. And right. gratefully you found it would have been nice had you found it earlier, but could have showed the water who cares about that. What you did was take advantage of it and help him. Right. True. And I think in hindsight, if I would have had that brain map though, I would have also 
approach things a lot differently with him. We would have known that, that it wasn't an attitude. You know, he came across as 110% boy with a bad attitude. So that rubbed people the wrong way, but that was his way of protecting himself because he had no self-control, right? And he didn't want to look hurt, even though he was underneath there. So I think myself and all of the professionals around him, we, we could have handled him a lot better and differently if we had that information of what was going on in his brain. So using that early on can be a great parenting tool for sure. Um, and like you said, hindsight, I can't worry about. It. I learned what I did and I've helped, you know, tens of right. thousands of people since then. Uh, but I definitely would have used the technology sooner had I had it. <laughs> it yeah. would have saved us from trauma. But, you know, and, and that's another good point, too, is often our children are acting the way they act because as a parent, you don't have the tools you need to parent them so that they're wanting to cooperate and listen. And, you know, they're they're building their abilities and their skills. And the parent is not doing what the parent needs to do to right. enhance that which is why I do what I do is, you know, I'm here to help you create that cooperative family unit, that family harmony between you and your children. Right. And um, so sometimes it's that, but sometimes your children need help. Humans need help, you know, even adults. And I'm sure what kind of balance do you have, or I don't know if balance is the right word, but what is the age group that you help? Do you do you have mainly help kids or do you help everybody? Because I know we, you have a lot of clients. Yeah, we really help everyone now. When I started out, of course, I was in that school with teenagers. And it was very fascinating because they came from different environments. Some were adopted, some were not. They had intact families that looked perfect and some that were not. Single parent families like mine, um, different states, different upbringings. But they all had a similar dysregulated brainwave pattern that got them there, right? They couldn't function in the typical schools. They couldn't function in the home well enough. You know, they had the, all those letters, the alphabet soup, the ADHD, the ODD, the this, that, and the other thing. Right. And I was like, okay, I went there not really believing in typical ADHD. Boys will be boys, that kind of thing. I was that kind of person. And I got there and I'm like, okay, whatever they want to call it, there's a physical reason that these kids aren't functioning in their current environments. Now I know our environments are different now too. They're not as conducive to that 110% boy that needs to be constantly on the go out in the woods, building things, breaking things, fighting, you know, that doesn't work so much anymore. <laughs> Hunter gatherers. <laughs> yeah. In our society, it really doesn't work in the classroom these days, you know? Um, and he was not out on a farm. He was, he was in those kind of classrooms, my son. So, um, but it, but that blew me away that, that there was that kind of controlled environment when I started. And it really was mostly the teenagers and some of the staff wanted to participate. But after that, I set out in uh, like half dozen or so offices along the East Coast primarily. And we started to see from, yeah, age five to 85. And, and really there wasn't, the only subset of people that did not respond in some positive way would be those that had like heavy metal toxins. And we can see a sign of that in the brain maps, the inflammation. Um, those that maybe have adrenal issues that aren't being addressed, thyroid, adrenal fatigue, blood sugar, something like that metabolically, because of course that's tied in to the brain health. And then the other one was really somebody in a very bad, stressful situation, like an abusive relationship or being bullied at school. We would discover through 
over time would see, you know, maybe the kid really improve and then have a setback and then very much improve and have a setback. And we would discover that, okay, there's something going on at school that they weren't really telling um, up until right. then. So those are really the main ones that don't respond. Maybe the other, the other outlier would be somebody that's really just attached to their identity and other people can see that they've improved, but they are still stuck in, in that belief of who they right. are, you know. And that's so important that you mentioned like environment because, you know, I, I work with so many families that they're like, well, this one's in counseling and this one's in counseling and this one's in therapy and, and the pro, but we still have problems. And that's often because you could have five individual people in your family in therapy, who's healing the family. If all five people come back and it is a dysfunctional, abusive family, you're not healing anyone. They're they're getting what the help they need, but they're coming right back into an abusive situation. And I yes. think that's what you find in whatever their environment is. Exactly. And that is so key, you know, because I did start out early and I really focused on some of those therapeutic programs where the families got to the point that they have to send the kids somewhere because they're not managing it. And it's so important that that family heals and regulates their brain and has, you know, everything. Right. Uh, you know, some improvement there before that child comes back home. We did not. <laughs> and so right. I experienced that too of, okay, here we are in these patterns that were ingrained in, in, in our memory from the traumatic times that we had. And it was a rough going to, to adapt. And, you know, fortunately there are more people recognizing that and yeah. more services like Homeward Bound and stuff that are helping um, families heal at home. And that's another reason why we want it to be in the homes. I mean, we're using technology anyways, constantly. Why wouldn't we use it as a regular household name to better regulate ourselves? Right. And, and you know, that's what I do is I heal the family. That's why I call myself a family empowerment coach and not a parenting coach, because right. it's it's more than parenting. Absolutely. It's it's, it's all the, the complete dynamic of what's going on in the home. That's why I don't want, you know, I'm on a mission to stop parents from yelling at their kids because of how detrimental that is. And mm -hmm. so many parents think, well, that's the only way you parent a child. No, it's not. Or when people spank their child or hit their child. And then they, you know, I have parents that say to me, well, you've got to admit there's our pro are appropriate times to hit a child. And I'm like, so please share with me when the appropriate time is to hit you. Mm -hmm. Is there an appropriate time to hit you? Should should your spouse, is there a good time that your spouse should hit you or your <laughs> oh friend gosh. or your, you know? Right. Same thing. There's nothing different about that. Yeah. Well, it's a mentality and it's a history. And, you know, yes. I was brought up with that and do not spare the rod. And that's just right. the way it was generationally. Um, and to bring on a whole new perspective takes, yeah, some definitely takes healing. It, yep. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it takes somebody to help you find that different perspective on it as well. So thank you for doing that. You know? Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for doing what you do. I just I just love this. OK, so if you would please tell people once again how they can contact you and find out more information, because I'm sure many of the listeners are like, well, like maybe this can help. I, I didn't even know this existed. Like That'd I didn't know. And that's, that's why on my podcast, I bring you things you don't know. That's like my whole purpose of my podcast, why I bring you Diane Costo. Costo. So 
Diane, would you tell everybody again how they reach out to you? Yes, yes. Anyone that's interested for themselves, a family member, or even to learn to provide neurofeedback, um, you can find us, reach out on our website. It's symmetryneuropt.com. And our main number for providing services is 844-BRAIN-ON. That's 844-272-4666. That's usually the best way to go ahead and um, make an appointment with us and we'll have a conversation and help you in whatever way you need it. Um, to get this in the schools, to get it in therapeutic programs, church groups, homes, whatever we can do, we need to come together and do it because it's not really coming from big pharma down. <laughs> so right. we need we need the forces to bring it forward. The parents, the moms on a mission. It's 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 wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And um, Diane, before we leave our listeners, is there one more piece of advice that you can offer? that really helps someone, you know, either decide to do this or just helps them in their everyday life? Yeah, I think is from the parenting perspective, one of the things that strikes me so much um, in, in the hindsight situation, you know, is to understand people in your life, not just your child, but maybe a spouse or other family members, they react and act the way that they do because there are physical patterns in their brain. It's not always just their choice. And I was missing that piece with my son. Like I said, I think we would have handled him a lot differently if he didn't come across as this defiant little dude, right? If we would have understood there's a physical reason he was just reacting to his environment without a pause and, you know, protecting his emotions underneath there by being a tough guy. Um, that I just think when you're dealing in relationships, you need to stop and think about that, that they're not always doing it just to aggravate you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're usually not doing it to aggravate you. Right. And they're, you know, it's you, it's actually not about you. It's right. about them. And what are they challenged with at the time? Exactly. So thank you, Diane, so much for being here. I really am grateful for what you do. And really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Celia. I appreciate you having me. It was, you keep up the good work too. I appreciate oh, thank you. Here. Yes. Mom's on a mission. We're all on our mission. Got it. Yep. That's right. <laughs> we are, we are the power of the universe. So anyway, for all of you, please reach out for Diane again. Her links will be uh, in the show notes, 844 brain on. If you want something easy to, to call and find out, just Call that number, 844-BRAIN-ON-SYMMETRY, NeuroPT, P like Paul, T like Tom. Hey, parents, just want to take a break from this podcast and ask you, are you tired of feeling like a bad parent and second-guessing yourself all the time? Are you wondering how you can start becoming proactive instead of reactive so you're not yelling but calmly communicating to your kids? Overwhelmed with sorting through the myriad of parenting information that's out there and ready to set up a system that works for you now and in the future? How about instead we put a proven plan in place that will create more cooperation, more listening, more happiness in your home without all the drama? You can do it. Become a member of my Tranquility Tribe and start feeling confident and hopeful again. After all, we're raising adults, not children. And don't your kids deserve the best? So just go to mytranquilitytribe.com and let's get started on your vision today. Dot com. 
check it out, see if it's something that can help you. It's it's something that you need to know about and it's something that might be an option. So I hope you reach out to Diane. In the meantime, guys, as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. You know how I feel about laughter. Really is the best medicine. You have to laugh more. Don't take life so seriously. Have fun with your kids. And we'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. If you're really ready to start creating cooperation in your home, more listening, more joy, less stress, less yelling, less negotiating, a whole lot less aggravation, then reach out to me and let's put a parenting system in place that works for you and your kids. Private and group coaching is available, and in six months or less, you will start seeing a much happier home that your children will blossom from instead of have to recover from. Get the manual that I wrote for your parenting journey, Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, along with my three children's books, All About Me, I Am Grateful, and Being Different is Fun. Find it all at PumpedUpParenting.com.